Hello and welcome to Horror Wars. My name is Lamont and I will be guiding you through this macabre dance of a show where two longtime friends for horror movies against their inevitable remake. Please be aware that horror movies as a general rule of thumb have violence, gore, murder, rape, dismemberment, crazy practical effects and much more. Also, the hosts aren't versed in languages from around the world, so they may mess up some names and places here and there. If none of that bothers you, then get ready for a podcast like none other. This is Horror Wars. to all of our guys, gals, non-binary pals, spooky cuties, hair-raising homies, freaks, geeks, and anything in between with a motherfucking butthole. I'm Rob. And I'm Josh. And this is Horror Wars. We are the show that puts original horror movies against their remakes in an all-out war to determine which will reign supreme. We do this with a series of scores that we give to one or the other to see who comes out on top. This week we have the Banana Splits movie from 2019 versus Willy's Wonderland <laughs> from 2020. And you're like, damn, yo, that's not remakes. Well, we'll tell you what they are in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but we also have multiple segments throughout the show as well. Death Peddling is where we usually discuss current events going on in the world of horror, provided by MacopDaily.com, and sometimes news about us too. Like today, unfortunately, we were supposed to be at our event, Sam Haynes Havoc 3, but we had to postpone it. Instead of horror news, we're going to discuss that instead. Just wanted to put that in there before we continue. All good, dude. Horror Club is where we review a horror film book club style, and we'll provide a bit of background before we give it a grading of pass, rent, or buy. This week, we take a look at Five Nights at Freddy's from 2023. God, that feels weird to say. I know. Like, even here. And then we get into our list of doom, where we discuss the episode's top five. This episode, our list is top five possessed machine horror films. <sighs> that was fucking rough. Yes. Uh, <laughs> then we follow that with the horrors of gaming, where we talk about horror-related games. On this episode, surprise, surprise, we're discussing Five Nights at Freddy's. Finally, we close up shop for the episode, giving you our bloopers in a segment called Even the Dead Laugh. So let's get into it. Death peddling. We begin the show by wetting your macabre loving black heart with news and events in the realm of horror that are important to the week we're recording. Also, every now and again, we'll have something to say regarding the host. But don't worry, it's not very often. We really hate talking about ourselves. Hello, I'm Gail Hailstorm, author of the book You're Dead, I'm Rich. A small college town is in shock after the unthinkable has happened. A brutal killing spree that left one teen dead. That's it. Two teens dead, and this small town shaken and stirred. It's times like these. Police are combing the area for clues. It seems there are no witnesses available at this time. There are no suspects in custody. Police are asking anyone to come forward. Report live for Black TV. White folks are dead. We're getting the fuck out of here. Let's all damn it. Come on, back. Let's go, motherfucker. And here we are where we normally would do death peddling and we would have uh, horror news, reviews, articles, interviews, whatever from macabdaily.com. Um, but we don't have that today. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about Sam Haynes Havoc 3, 
But please go to macabdaily.com today and every day. They are the dark side of pop culture. And speaking of dark side, sometimes things happen. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the world works against you. Sometimes you can't predict where you're going to be when you begin promoting things. Mm -hmm. The last month has been wild. Things have gotten out of my control in a couple areas. So we can't do, well, we couldn't do Sam Haynes Havoc 3. Um, I did talk to Josh about it. We're going to postpone it. It's not canceled. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to do it December 16th. And I'm not quite sure if it's going to be at the flea market because December in the flea market is going to be wild. Mm -hmm. I might have area to do it, but I'm not quite sure yet. So we'll keep everybody posted on that. But just wanted to give a little reasoning as to why, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not doing Sam Haynes Havoc this year. Uh, Shit happens. Shit happens, you know. Um, Even with Liquid Death, there was a lot of conflict with that because uh, we were trying to work out shipping. We were trying to work out going to grab stuff. Like, everything was just literally working against us. So it's better to take that couple months Mm -hmm. to get back in order. And also with that, we have our announcement. Um, With this episode... We are taking our break like we did last year and everything. So this episode is going to be the last one you hear from us probably until, what, like Thanksgiving week? Something like that, like the end of November. Mm -hmm. So um, hopefully everybody enjoys the episode. We have quite a lineup Mm -hmm. here today. I did say at the top that this isn't a versus like normal because these are some of the fabled rejected Five Nights at Freddy's scripts. Mm-hmm. That's why this is a war. I've read conflicting reports that say Willy's Wonderland is not a rejected script, but just an outright ripoff. No. Don't know. But right. I just wanted to throw that in there because some people are saying that it was developed by Nicolas Cage and a couple other people, but other people are saying it was a rejected script about... Uh, a caretaker for Five Nights at Freddy's because there was all sorts Mm. of different various scripts that have been rejected throughout the years. Um, Just like with Banana Splits, the other movie that we're covering today, that was a rejected script from Mm -hmm. when Warner Brothers had control of the property. So there's a lot of intermingling things here. This is also the first time that we've ever done a live box office. Mm -hmm. Which is cool. Which is cool. And because Horror Club this week is Five Nights at Freddy's, as we said. And this is also the first time that we've done a Horror Club for a movie opening weekend. Yep. So there's a couple little nuggets there. Um, With that being said, I guess it's time to get into the war, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, with... That, as I just said, Jesus fucking Christ. MacabreDaily.com, they are the dark side of pop culture. No, we did not get to do anything for them today, but obviously we're still going to shout them out. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the homies. So go check out the website. Go give us some love on Instagram. And um, let's get into this shit, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. The 
the war, the reason everyone's here. This is the main segment of our show. We put a horror film against its remake. We go stat for stat, financials, facts, where to watch, synopsis, cast, and everything in between. Afterwards, we grade them both on a scorecard. We tally up those results, and we see who wins the day. Legal? We just got engaged. Hey. Banana Catabara! What the hell, man? Dad, relax. I think he's just doing a magic trick. What are you doing? Welcome to the war. Hell yeah. As with every episode, we're going to tell you where we get all of our glorious information from. We source pieces from mm-hmm. Wikipedia, IMDb, Just Watch, and Rotten Tomatoes mainly. Sometimes we have to dig a little deeper, but we shout out where we get that info when applicable. Like today. One, sorry, I forgot to put this in. Today, I did have to use the-numbers.com to get information on... Um, the Banana Splits movie. Okay. So, you know, forgot to put that in. Anyway. My bad. Also, when we give the information on where to watch these films, please keep in mind that they may not be available on those services by the time you may listen to the episode. So please head to Just Watch for all your viewing needs. With that being said, let's break down how we get to scoring these movies to determine our winner. We go through the stats, the crew, the cast, the runtime, and everything in between to get to our results. At the end... We discuss our reasoning and where we place those points and why in a series of 11 categories. They are acting, directing, writing slash plot, killer or killers, casting, soundtrack, gore slash kills, pacing, time period, environment, and finally, the ending. And as Lamont said in the intro of this segment, we tally up our individual scores, combine them, and the one with the highest score wins the day. After that, we send it off to all of you and let you vote in our poll on Instagram after every episode is posted. Now that all of that is out of the way, it's time for the war. episode down and Ozzy still isn't old (laughs) I mean he's old but not you know um so as we said a couple times in the episode already 
we are not doing a remake versus original war this week. We're doing rejected script versus rejected script this week. So in celebration of Five Nights at Freddy's hitting theaters and Peacock and all that, we decided that this episode was going to be nothing but Five Nights at Freddy's. And I yep. think it's pretty fucking cool. No, it's cool. It definitely um, is. Because it's something that, you know... You could definitely see how they could have been rejected. Right. Five Nights at Freddy's right. scripts. And, and the series has been around for so long. Oh and it's got God, so much forever. love and adoration. This movie's been trying to be made for literally like 10 years now. Yep. So... With that being said, uh, Josh is going to take the Banana Splits movie, and I'm going to take Willy's Wonderland, and after we're done giving you all the stats, I'm going to talk about it like we said at the top. So, go ahead, brother. So, I have the Banana Splits, or the Banana Splits movie, to be exact. It's a runtime of an hour and 29 minutes. Sweet spot. Oh, yeah. Produced by, oh boy, Adam Friedlander, I'm assuming. Uh, production companies, Blue Ribbon Content, and Blue Ice Pictures. The budget is non-applicable. At the box office, it made $450,367. Well, U.S. dollars. On home video, I'm assuming. Is yeah. that what that means? Okay. Yeah. Uh, screenplay by J- Jed Elanoff and Scott Thomas. That's a pretty cool name. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Directed by Danishka Etzerd. Hazy. Esther Hazy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Cinematography by Trevor Claverly, edited by Michael P. Mason, and music by Patrick Stump. Yeah. From Fallout Boy. Yes. 1,000%. Same and Patrick. And I'm pretty... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is some catchy-ass music, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Yep. Uh, where to watch. You can rent or buy the Banana Splits movie on Vudu, Apple TV, Amazon Video, <laughs> Google Play Movies, YouTube, Microsoft Store, and DirecTV. The ratings, a 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Wow. Mm-hmm. 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And 66% on Just Watch. The plot, a family attends a live taping of the Banana Splits television series, but are forced to survive as soon as the characters go haywire and start a killing spree around the studio. The related media, the Banana Splits by Hanna-Barbera Productions, which was an actual... TV show. Yep, in the sixties and in the two thousands. So yeah. The trivia. Three more on IMDb. Number one. The film is loosely based on the Banana Splits Adventure Hour, nineteen sixty eight, which had no killing, at least not on screen. Jesus. Right. Well, because it's the Sid and Marty Croft, uh oh. Hanna Barbera live action era. So yeah. Number two. This is the first R-rated movie adaptation of a Hanna-Barbera or Sid and Marty Croft property. Number three. Taft Studios, <laughs> where the Banana Splits is filmed in the movie, is a reference to Taft Broadcasting, the original of Hanna-Barbera when the original show was produced. Number four. Bill Farmer, Frank Walker, and Carlos... Wow. Uh, yeah, you want to try that one? Elasrickly? There you go were originally meant to reprise their roles as their respected Banana Splits from the 2008 show that aired on Cartoon Network, but were eventually replaced with Eric Bowser. It's like saying Bowser, but mm-hmm. with it, I mean, it is Bowser, but no E-R. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Number five. 
The sound effects used for the splits is the same one used in 2001 A Space Odyssey when Dave Bowman leaves the spacecraft Discovery 1. Hmm. Huh. Number six. In the original show and 2008 reboot, Flegel usually wears shoes and Bingo bare- <laughs> went barefoot. In this movie, Flegel is barefoot and Bingo wears shoes. It's never been established why for the switch of footwear. Yeah, it's fucking weird, right? Yeah, what the fuck? Number seven. Austin is dressed the way Michael Nesmith dressed while on The Monkees 1965, right down to his knit hat. I've never even heard of that movie. Uh, number eight. Is that Duggle? Dougal? Okay. From Magic Roundsabout can be seen amongst the props backstage. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yep. I thought it was a cool thing to add yeah. for people who may listen yeah. to this that know about it. Uh, number nine. Early in the film, Stevie wears a golden jacket very similar to Fats Geronimo. Is that, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. The gorilla animatronic from Showbiz Pizza. <laughs> mm-hmm. Number 10. Based on unused and rejected Five Nights at Freddy's 2014 script from when Warner Brothers originally had the movie rights. The cast. Danny Kind as Beth Williams. Steve Lund as Mitch Williams. Finlay Wot. Dak Hissong as Harley Williams. I apologize for that name reading. Uh, Romeo Carrere as Austin Williams. Sarah Canning as Rebecca Rayson. Nalidi Majola as Paige. Maria Nash as Zoe. <laughs> Kiroshan Nadu as Thad Gallaratti. Selena Martin as Poppy Gallaratti. Lionel Newton as Carl Lug. Lugwingson, Richard White as Stevie, Leah Sash as Parker, Kino Lee Hector as Jonathan, Daniel Fox as Andy Victorson, Vash Singh as Doug, Nikki Ribello as Sal, Lisa Schultz as Zoe's mother, and Jenna Saras as Parker's mother. The animatronic characters cast include in-suit performers Terry Sauls as Flegel, Buntu Palm as Bingo, Corey Clark as Drooper, <laughs> and Brandon Ragam as Snorky. Eric Bauza provides the voice of Flegel, Bingo, and Drooper. Snorky does not speak and mostly makes honking noises. Bauza also provides the voice of the show's announcer. Bro, first off. Thanks, man. Some of them names are tough. <laughs> second off, I... If you were to read that paragraph of the animatronics cast, I could never predict what word was going to come next. That's what I'm saying, bro. (laughs) That shit sent me on a fucking journey. Um, Man, that is a lot of names. That's a lot of names, a lot of weird words. A lot of weird wording. And, hey, I'm sorry, a lot of weird names. Uh, it happens. We're not we're not uh, fully capable of pronouncing all these, but they're fucking great. So, yep. Um, now off to mine. We got Willy's Wonderland. Runtime of an hour and twenty eight minutes. Perfect spot. Release date February twelfth, twenty twenty one. Produced by Nicholas Cage, <laughs> Grant Kramer, Jeremy Davis, David Ozer, and Brian Lord. Production companies, Landmark Studio Group, Baffin Media Limited, Saturn Films, JD Entertainment, and Land Afar Entertainment. So many production companies. Oh my goodness. <laughs> for so little return. 
Budget, $5 million. Box office, 450144 wow. U.S. dollars. Really? It did that bad, huh? Did that bad. Jeez. Now, uh, screenplay, G.O. Parsons, directed by Kevin Lewis, cinematography by David Newbert, edited by Ryan Liebert, music by Emoy. Where to watch? Currently, you're able to watch Willy's Wonderland with subscription on Fubo TV, Hulu, and Hoopla. You can also watch for free with ads on the Roku channel, Tubi TV, Redbox, and Crackle. Finally, it is also possible to rent or buy Willy's Wonderland on Amazon Video, Vudu, Redbox, Microsoft Store, Apple TV, Google Play Movies, YouTube, and DirecTV. Holy shit, dude. The refrigerator returned. It's like every time like this portion comes up there's like a new streaming service yeah that i've never heard of until yeah. we get to this yeah it's it's fucking ridiculous um ratings 5.5 out of 10 on mdb 61 percent mm. on rotten tomatoes 65 percent <laughs> on just watch do very similar to yeah i was gonna say pretty even scores yeah plot a quiet drifter is tricked into a janitorial job at the now condemned willie's wonderland the mundane tasks suddenly become an all-out fight for survival against wave after wave of demonic animatronics. Fists fly, kicks land, titans clash, and only one side will make it out alive. Related media. Not applicable. Trivia. Four more on MDIB. Also similar to the trivia for... Yep. Yep. Uh, banana Splits. Banana Splits. Number one, Nicolas Cage produced the movie and was very protective of the script. <laughs> Number two, Nicolas Cage improvised a pinball dance. Number three, Liv's line, he's not trapped in there with them, they're trapped in here with me, is a reference to the character of Rorschach in the limited comic series slash graphic novel slash trade paperback, Watchmen, also adapted in Watchmen 2009. Number four, according to the director Kevin Lewis, the movie is Pale Rider, 1985, versus Killer Clowns from Outer Space, 1988. That kind of makes sense. Okay. Number five, the look of crocodile animatronic was inspired by Soviet cartoon Gina the Crocodile, 1969. Hmm. Number six, Siren Sarah is the only animatronic to be voiced by her suit performer, Jessica Graves Davis. The other animatronics are performed and voiced by different people. Nightly Night and Artie Alligator, however, have no voice actors. Number seven. According to the props department, the character Kathy, played by Kaylee Cowan, chewed over 81 pieces of pink chewing gum throughout the course of filming. Jesus. Number eight. Christian Christian Del Grosso, Kai Cadlec, and Kaylee Cowan lived together for a month while filming. Number nine. The actor Christian Del Grosso auditioned for the role of Evan and did a chemistry read for the role of Bobby until he was eventually cast as the character Aaron. (sighs) (laughs) Number 10. Despite the fact that Nicolas Cage's character name is never revealed, at around three minutes, a military ID can be seen hanging from the interior rearview mirror of his car, suggesting a military pass. Pest. The plates are a reference to Cage's character, U.S. Army Ranger Cameron Poe from Con Air 1997. So theoretically, you could say that Cameron Poe did everything he did in Con Air, cut his hair, put on a leather jacket, rode across country in his Mustang or whatever the fuck it was, and then ended up as a janitor at a knockoff Five Nights at Freddy's. Nice. Well, Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. There you go. 
cast. Nicolas Cage as the janitor. Emily Tosta as Liv Hawthorne. Beth Grant as Sheriff Alois Lund. David Sheftel as State Trooper Evan Olson. Rick Reitz as Tex McAdoo. Chris Warner as Jed Love. Kai Cadleck as Chris Mully. Kaylee Cowan as Kathy Barnes. Terrell Hill as Bob McDaniel. Christian Del Grosso as Aaron Powers. Jonathan Mercedes as Dan Lorraine. Grant Kramer as Jerry Roberts Willis. Chris Padilla as Jim Hawthorne. Olga Kramer as Judy Hawthorne. And Camille Arrington as Little Liv. Um, real quick, thank you very much. Real quick before we get into the scoring portion. I saw that there was a cast for the animatronics. But the way that it read, it was kind of like giving me listings of things instead of like what they actually... Mm. It was weird, so I didn't include the puppeteers and all that stuff because there wasn't puppeteers. It's just the way that they broke it down was fucking weird. Mm. So if anybody's curious, just go to Wikipedia and type in Willy's Wonderland and you'll be able to see how they broke it down. Um, I wasn't going to try to translate that to a fucking Word or PDF document. So my bad for not putting them in here, but it just seemed like a lot of work. So... (laughs) (laughs) needless to say with that why don't we go ahead and get to the scoring of this shit here because as you said before we started recording these movies are not movies that like you think you should like or whatever right like it was just they were better than I thought they they were were going to be yeah they were much better um I think because they have the stink around them that they are Five Nights yeah. at Freddy's Rejects. Regardless of if it's true or not for Willy's Wonderland, I'm not going to fucking... Yeah. I don't want anybody to come after me for that, even even if it's a rip-off. Yeah, in case someone's a super fan right. of this movie. If it's a rip-off, whatever. Some say, again, like I said at the top, it's a rejected script. Some say that it's not. I don't care. Whatever. We're going with it as being a rejected script. All right. We're going with it as uh, it's also a ripoff. Whatever. Doesn't matter. So we're going to put those two against each other. So basically it's going to be uh, uh, <laughs> reject against reject instead of original versus remake. And they're very similar films. Very similar You know what films. I mean? Um, I think there was altogether like 14 rejected scripts. Holy shit, I didn't know that. For Five Nights at Fright. Well, they've been trying to get the movie done for well, yeah. like 10, 11 years now. So there's been a lot behind the scenes going on for this. And when it finally landed at Blumhouse and everything, um, and production actually picked up and we got the cast, we got all the stuff for Five Nights that's when everything kind of took off with Mm -hmm. getting these other movies made because they were trying to beat Five Nights Out. Mm -hmm. Even though they were rejected, they were still like, here, these are are perfectly fine scripts. Let's retool them and boom, send them out on their way. So for Banana Splits and um, Willy's Wonderland, how do you, where, where would you put the acting at? Who would get the win there? Mm. Yeah. 
I don't know because like even though Nicolas Cage legitimately doesn't say a line, there's something about that because it reminds me of Cool Hand Luke, how that one dude didn't speak the whole movie. Yeah, he's got kind of that going yeah. for him, and it's just one of the Marx Brothers did that too. Yeah, I don't remember which one, but I know it was one of the Marx Brothers. But something about the Banana Splits movie, it's just unsettling. It's it's act. It feels creepy. It feels genuinely creepy. Yeah. Like, especially the dude that did all the voices for the Banana Splits characters. Yeah. Like, and it sounded <laughs> fucking terrifying. Yeah. yeah, it was horrifying. So, I, I'm going to give it to, to the, ban- the the Banana Splits movie. Okay. I could dig that. Um, I think I'm going to give the acting for me to Willy's Wonderland. Because... There is that coolness about Nicolas Cage. There is that <laughs> mystique. Also, I really didn't like the kid actors in Banana Splits. I thought they were a little bit over the top. But again, they're kid actors. I'm not trying to shit on them. They're young. It's whatever. But it really took me out. And then that whole little subplot with the fucking cheating husband. Okay. When he was like, oh, guess who's got a free night? And then, then like, I got hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, something about him and then something about the, I forget the woman, the executive. She was like, yep, we're out of a job. <laughs> it, it just, the way that some of the things were done right. in the Banana Splits movie, I could look at it as them saying, hey, this is parody. Right. Yeah. But I also look at it as if they're not saying this is parody, then okay. Right. It, yeah, you get what I'm saying? I think it's going more towards the fact that since both of the animatronics talked, right. I think I was going more so on that aspect. Right. Because like I, like, I think that the Banana Splits animatronics are a, a little better. More than, personable. Yeah, than yeah. Willy's Wonderland ones. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, the, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's very rough. The acting is very rough for both films. Yeah. It's probably where they're weakest than the main yeah. with it. Yeah. I can agree with that. Directing. They're both, mm. to me, on par with each other. Yeah, I know. They're... Oh, they're man. about the same... The same length. They've got the same kind of still shots. They've got the same kind of, like, darkness surrounding everything. I... In a sense, like, the... Mm. Mm. Yeah, it, this one's kind of hard, man. I think that's why not having ties is tough. Right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with <sighs> Willy's Wonderland. I think I'm gonna go with Willy's Wonderland as well. Okay. Just because it doesn't feel like it's like it actually has some twists, like the random cuts to him playing pinball and shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's just something about like him doing his night yeah, thing. It, it's weird. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Willy's Wonderland. And then with. The Banana Splits movie, you did have a lot of, uh, I won't say lingering shots, but, you know, when they were running into the darkness, they pretty much had to run all the way away for the camera to stop and go to the next scene. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's something in the directing department that I'm like, well, why didn't you just, like, cut it off when they started running? (laughs) Why did you have to keep the camera on them while they ran down this whole fucking area for like a minute? Mm -hmm. That didn't make any sense to me. But whatever. I give it to Willy's Wonderland as well. 
So, rating slash plot. I like the more malfunctioning robots of the Banana Splits movie. Mm-hmm. Because, again, the, the one for... Spoilers. The one for Willy's Wonderland, it's like a bunch of serial killers did a ritual to put their souls, souls into in. the animatronics. Yeah. I like more of like a malfunctioning, almost sentient robot kind of thing. Yeah. Like it started to gain some kind yeah. of like life. So it, it, it was like an AI because yeah. they were they basically were like the show must go on. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to give it to uh, Banana Splits on that as well. Because it did, even though it... Even though you could clearly tell that it was a retooled Five Nights at Freddy's property, they put just enough spin on it that it could stand on its own. Mm. And even though the acting for the subplots and this and that were really fucking cheesy and dumb, I still think the subplot, the writing of them was done well. Mm-hmm. It just the delivery was fucking atrocious. <laughs> uh, the killers. I'm mm, I'm gonna give it to the Banana Splits movie, just because they are like super brutal. Mm-hmm. The lollipop down the fucking throat. Right, and the um, what was it? it was just the Banana Splits where they just they tore that one dude's arms and legs off. Yeah, like, holy shit, dude. Or the magician uh, box. Yeah, when he forced her to fucking cut her own fiance. Yeah, in half. Like, bro. Yeah. 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 I'm definitely giving it to the Banana Splits movie. That was fucked up. Yeah, because basically the the Willy's Wonderland literally was just a bunch of serial killers inside animatronics. Yeah. It was just... And because they were serial killers inside of animatronics, you expected the brutality. Yeah. And it wasn't as brutal as you would want it to be for serial killers and animatronics the banana splits movie when they rolled up in that little fucking car when you first see him and they almost hit that kid harley mm-hmm. and they stop and just stare yeah, at yeah. him that shit was fucking creepy man mm-hmm. and it was broad daylight I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Why am I feeling creeped out by these things just staring? Something about them is just unsettling. Yes. Now, see, you brought up adding in costumes to our scoring. Yeah. This would fit in perfect for this episode. Right. Just, I gotta ask, what would you, what would you say has the better costumes between the two films? I think, I think, um, uh, uh, Banana Splits movie. I agree. The Banana Splits costume, they are, there's something extra creepy about those things. Yeah. I think it's extra it's extra creepy because it's a kids show setting. It's like a mascot. You yeah. Know I mean it's just like a like a Barney or something. Yeah. And yeah. they 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 always look creepy, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. Even like Sesame Street. They're yeah. just kinda creepy looking. They're kinda creepy. Um like I said, yeah, I think it's more it's more the fact that these are sixties television icons yep. that, you know, did funny things. They were the in-between bumpers on Cartoon Network when they, in about like 2008 yep. or whatever, like they said, there was little 10-minute segments or four-minute segments. So that's the unsettling part about all of it, you know, the fact that that's what's what we're looking at. And mm-hmm. it's them, like you said, sticking a fucking lollipop down someone's throat yep. or ripping someone in half or whatever have you. So, yeah, I think I'm going to give the, killer, the, the, the killers to... Banana splits as well, simply for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the costume, banana splits as well. I know that 
Mm. We were talking about right. costume. I'm getting yeah. distracted. <laughs> um, so, yeah, costume, I'm going to give banana splits, too. Same. Okay. Um, casting. The casting, I'm going to give the Willy's Wonderland. I'm sorry. Nicholas Cage yep. is just too good. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree fully. Um, just letting you know, so far, it's a tie. Oh, my um, gosh. Soundtrack. I'm giving it to the Banana Splits movie. The fact that the dude from Fallout Boy wrote that, and then they are all catchy-ass songs. Yep. Banana Splits movie. Banana Splits movie, for sure. Uh, I'm going with you on that one. Gore slash kills. I'm going to give it to the Banana Splits movie just because you. it was more of just seeing the animatronics get ripped apart in Willy's Wonderland. With the Banana Splits movie, it's everything. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel like you get like a whole kind of yeah. package with that film. So, yeah. Banana Splits movie for me. I also will go with Banana Splits just simply because I feel like, like you said, the gore was, it was much more, much more personal. Mm-hmm. And it felt like an it felt like an attack, like from beloved things. Like it just it was really weird. Yeah, like super weird. Um, I think it's because this cartoon, cartoon, this cartoon was really on TV. Yeah. So it was just weird to kind of see like those characters in that setting. It's just like, oh man. Yeah. So yeah, it is is definitely weird and different. Uh, pacing. Oh, see. Uh, I'll just give it to Willy's Wonderland because we've been given... It was just, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I was going to give it to Willy's Wonderland because it was fast, fast, fast. Very true. Okay, everything, yeah. Everything... Remember, I told you... what well, we talked about previously about the crank effect. Yeah. You know, I like it when the movies are just kind of like one thing after another and you kind of can't catch your breath yeah. and the adrenaline keeps going. There's only a couple minutes in Willy's Wonderland where I'm like... All right, this is dragging a little bit, but I did find myself during Banana Splits saying, okay, well, I've got five minutes of this stupid fucking divorce plot or whatever, and it's written good, but it's performed like shit. I don't want to fucking watch this. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then, you know, not not for nothing, can we go back to the acting real quick about how the fucking mom in the Banana Splits movie was this cowering little bitch throughout the whole movie? And then all of a sudden, in one flash of the moment, she becomes Sarah Connor from fucking Terminator. Nope. That's very true. <laughs> I know you're protecting your kids or whatever, but all of a sudden, you just become Sarah Connor from the fucking Terminator. Like, pulled her hair back and everything. Like, she's like, I'm ready to fucking yep. go. What? <laughs> anyway. Um, so time period, or pacing goes to uh, Willy's Wonderland. Um, time period. Which Both one came out first? Uh, Banana Splits yeah. 2019, Willy's Wonderland 2021. We'll go with Banana Splits. All right. I I don't disagree yeah, with I you on I, that, I don't know. honestly, because to me, it seems like the Banana Splits had their 60s, their 2008s. They're still going. Well, before Five Nights at Freddy's right. came out. So. You know, they're still going, and then, then all these years they finally developed the AI to be where they are and then they get canceled right. and everything. Yep. So to me, it feels like one continuous story. Okay. Yeah. You get what I mean? So I go with the banana splits for time period because it feels like they're at the end and they're being pulled and it's just, you know, okay. yeah. Um, 
Whew, environment. I am going to give it to the Banana Splits movie because even like during the film, they treat it like you're watching kind of like a TV show. They show the full set, yeah. know, the, the lights on the ceiling, everything like that. And even when it's not on like that part of like the show, like when they go to like behind the stage and they're on the other, you know, stages, mm-hmm. it, it's still on the show yeah like area so yeah i like that more so even though they weren't using those stages anymore they were still yeah yeah they were still together so okay um i'll go with that for the environment as well because the other one was just like yeah it's an arcade yeah kind of deal it's 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 chuck e cheese no. it's a freddy fazbear's no. same concept yeah um and finally the ending they they kind of had similar endings to be honest with you yeah Everybody kind of walks away happy, and that's it. And I'm pretty sure, and and both endings, someone gets hit by a car. Yep. In Willy's Wonderland, it's the the mouse or whatever, mm-hmm. no, the turtle or the whatever turtle. that is, the yeah. one that they punched in the balls over and over. And then in um, Willy's Wonderland, it was the the husband or whatever, the one uh, that's you cheating. Mean banana splits. Yes. The, I'm sorry. Yes, the banana yeah. splits is when he gets hit by the car in that one. Right. But they both have two different. It's literally flip a fucking coin yeah. for the ending. To be honest with you. Um. I'm going to go with, for me, uh, Banana Splits. Just because he got his comeuppance and he got hit by a fucking car. True. Yeah, there you go. And the kids are okay. And the mom's Terminator. There we go. Boom. And the Banana Splits are still alive. Yeah? So okay, could, yeah, there we go. I forgot about... Yeah, because she drove off doing a... Yeah. All right. So, boom, banana splits. That means 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 15 to banana splits. 2, 4, 6, 7 to Willy's Wonderland. So, banana splits beat Willy's Wonderland 15 to 7. Hmm. Which is weird because they're not, like, bad films. No. You know what I mean? No, I know we've been saying that every episode, too. But, no, like, we really mean it. The last few episodes, yes... They've been kind of getting washed, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that they're bad films. It's just we really like the other ones better, weirdly enough. And I thought that you were going to fucking hate the Banana Splits movie. Really? Why? Because it just felt like it was too cheesy, too campy, not up your alley. I think it's because I've always thought like those kind of costumes have always been terrifying to me. Right. Okay. So I think that, that movie is just so unsettling to watch, and I was just like, oh, man. All right. So there were some so of it, my fears, yeah. It hit you in your Jimmy Jams. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I gotcha. All right. Well, we're going to pass it on to all of y'all. Uh, last week's poll, or last episode's poll for uh, The Uninvited and A Tale of Two Sisters was a fucking cakewalk. <laughs> Tale of Two Sisters ended up with like 48 votes, and uh, The Uninvited ended up with like six. Wow. Yeah, so get a voting. Because... <laughs> We really want to hear everybody's opinion on this one. Oh yeah, it's it, both movies. Yeah, they're they're rejected Five Nights scripts, but they retold them in such a way mm-hmm. that made them both feel unique yep. and good at the same time. It's time for our club. <laughs> Horror Club. Each episode, we pick a film that complements the war. We then review it under a series of categories and ultimately tell you whether we think you should pass, rent, or buy. 
They can see you now. They know what you did. to see you. We think it's time for you to sit back, relax, hang out, smoke something, and vibe. It's time for Horror Club, our movie review done book club style. Let's discuss how this works. Much like with The War, we have a series of talking points that include acting, gore, kills, directing, pacing, writing slash plot, killer or killers, cast, and soundtrack. If those categories sound familiar, it's because they are. We basically use a lot of the same things we do from the war because we find them to be the simplest and best way to come to our conclusions. With that said, let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the movie name is Five Nights at Freddy's. Woo! Woo! Release date October 27th, 2023. Runtime one hour and 50 minutes. Budget... 20 million US dollars. Mm. And considering this is live and we don't know what the final box office for this movie is going to be, I am looking up right now and we have Saturday AM. Universal Blumhouse's Five Nights at Freddy's is meeting the expectations of all those crazy projections that were out there. Since yesterday midday when we saw $68 million, the Emma Tammy-directed feature take of the video game, which is also co-written by the game's creator, Scott Cawthon, is looking at $78 million weekend. Some have this movie opening at Oppenheimer's $82.41 million. Um... And saying that the movie is going to basically leg out at $300 million. That is fucking crazy. Yeah, that is wild. But it's Five Nights at Freddy's. Yep. People have been waiting for this movie for 10 fucking years. And god damn it, were they in for a treat. Mm-hmm. With, real quick, spoilers. As of course, that fucking happens at the same time. Spoilers. There's going to be spoilers. If you don't know the story of Five Nights at Freddy's... Spoilers. If you do know the story of Five Nights at Freddy's, spoilers. This is our review of mm. the movie. Earlier in the year, we did Evil Dead, but we did it for Horror Tube, and we mm. did kind of like a, a non-spoiler review. 
when it comes to Horror Club, just like with Evil Dead Rise and Horror Club, Mm -hmm. we talk about it. So just letting y'all know ahead of time, go to about 10, 15 minutes into the episode if you don't want to hear us discussing Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, So right now, we don't know the final total, but that's the projection for it. Uh, Production companies Blumhouse Productions and Scott Cawthon Productions, produced by Scott Cawthon and Jason Blum. Screenplay by Scott Cawthon, Seth Cudback, and Emma Tammy, directed by Emma Tammy. Cinematography by Lynn Moncrief, edited by Andrew Westman and William Polly. Music by the Newton Brothers and the Living Tombstone. Plot. A troubled security guard begins working at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria while spending his spending his first night on the job he realizes the late shift at freddy's won't be so easy to make it through starring josh hutcherson as mike schmidt piper rubio as abby elizabeth lale as vanessa matthew lillard matthew fucking lillard as steve raglan mary stewart matterson as aunt jane cat connor sterling as max david lynn as jeff christian stokes as hank Joseph Pol- Poliquin as Carl, Lucas Grant as Garrett, and Theodos Crane as Jeremiah. What a fucking brain name right there. Must read film fact. The animatronic characters were performed by puppeteers from the Jim Henson Company. For shots where the characters weren't moving, the puppeteers would control both the head and body movements. In the rare instances where a character would walk or dance, a stunt performer, performer would don the costume while the puppeteers controlled the heads remotely. That's cool. Yeah. I did not know that. Yep. This is a big old Jim Henson production, man. When I found out that Jim Henson's company did the animatronics for this movie, I was fucking floored. There's some behind-the-scenes videos. There's some more trivia regarding that. Huh. But, of course, we only could you know put one in. Right. Um, I didn't want to put five or six in because we'd be here for fucking ever with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, on that note, the other bit of trivia that I want to discuss real quick is the movie has already made its budget back. Mm. I know I said it a couple times earlier before we recorded, but I wanted to put it out there. Um, what was his name? Jason Blum? Mm-hmm. Jason Blum already said in an interview that the $20 million that it took to make Five Nights at Freddy's has already been recouped from them doing the Peacock streaming and all that wow. stuff. That's awesome. So with the box office being projected at $78 million for the fucking weekend, that is crazy yeah. good. It broke Thursday records. It broke Friday records. And the fact that it's streaming on Peacock, too. Yeah. I want to know what the Peacock streaming numbers are <laughs> yeah. because it broke those numbers as well. Mm-hmm. So... I'm super excited to talk about this. Same. Um, uh, acting. I, I I don't know where to be. I know we have our stuff, but I I just. I mean, it's acting. good. It's 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 better than I thought it would be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All these years, it's like, man, why is it taking forever to make this fucking this movie? Right. And now it's finally here. It it's very good. I think it took so long because Scott Cawthon wasn't yeah. fucking around. Yeah. Like, he knew how important it was to the kids that were raised on Five Nights, the generation that loves Five Nights. So if they ended up coming out of the theater, leaving Peacocks, you know, with a a doom taste in their mouth, Mm. I don't think they'd be very happy about that. So acting, yeah, I'm going to give it a fucking hell yeah on that. Acting (laughs) was perfect. 
directing. It works, man. They did. I really they didn't. Did. I really had had no beef with this film. Emma you know Tammy I mean? did fucking wonderful yeah. with it. Writing slash plot. <laughs> it fit Five Nights at Freddy's. You know what I mean? If people thought that they were going to get every single game jammed into one movie, it wasn't going to happen. They're fucking stupid. You know what I mean? It, it did what it was supposed to. Yeah, this movie, this movie franchise has apparently three more that are on the books 100% because Matthew Lillard is signed up for the next three. And there's also a rumor of two more depending on how much money this wow. one makes. So you could get a total of seven fucking Five Nights at Freddy's movies. That's a franchise. 1,000%. Yep. Um... Killer. Well, killers. They're they're from Five Nights at Freddy's. They do what you think they were going to do. And William Afton, you know, Springtrap, all that. Fucking dope. Mm-hmm. I know they changed some, some lore regarding that. But come on, But man. it fit. Yeah. It was good because I know it dealt with the bite with Mike's brother going missing mm-hmm. and everything. But from what they needed to do, the lore that was changed was also changed by Scott. Right. So, don't be mad at Blumhouse and don't be mad at all right. these people. If you're going to be mad at anybody, be mad at Scott. Oh, wait, never mind. He's never changed his lore before. Yeah, he does in every fucking game. <laughs> this dude changes the fucking lore all the time, and that's why Game Theory is still dedicated yep. uh, 9 billion episodes to fucking Five Nights because the lore is ever-changing. Yep. Fucking people, man. Um, casting. It works. Yeah. It was still shocking just to see Matthew Lillard. Yeah. I haven't seen him in movies in so long. Yeah. It, it was it was wonderful. And to see him, like I said, one of the trivia parts that I did read before this, which I didn't pay yeah, attention to, yeah. when he fucking wiped the knife, mm-hmm. he did it like yep. he did as Stu in Scream. That shit was fucking amazing. Like, I, I just, ah. Soundtrack. <laughs> Oh, come on now. Dude, when they got the fucking Living Tombstone as the ending theme, <laughs> that one over there lost their shit. And then Bobby, when he heard it last night, literally jumped up out of his seat and ran around the fucking kitchen dancing, running around here. <laughs> this movie really did a lot for the fucking kids that grew up with it and that still play it to this day. Yeah. Like, it is just They're still fucking... making games to this day. Right. And that soundtrack, it was just perfect. Everything matched. Everything was good. If it, it the era, all of it. They took a lot of sounds from the games and put them into the mm-hmm. movie. They did. Yep. It's just so wonderful. It was a love letter to the people that have been playing the games for so long. Gore slash kills. It's PG thirteen. As a matter of fact, I was surprised. Of spoiler alert, when uh, the one woman got like bit in half. Yeah, I wasn't even expecting flopped. that. Yeah, like I thought it was gonna be more tame than that. I was like, oh, okay, well. They broke my expectations. And it was good. When Cupcake was eating the fucking yeah. face. Yeah. Again, super gory? No. It's a T property. Right. It's a teen property. Rated T. You're not going to get a fucking rated R Five Nights at yeah. Freddy's movie. Scott Cawthon's not an idiot. He's going to go for the vast majority of people that he can get as much money from as possible to milk them from their money. <laughs> He's been doing it for 12 years. So... <laughs> He knows what buttons to press. These are the right buttons. I think the gore and the kills were fine for mm-hmm. Five Nights at Freddy's. Yep. Perfectly. Pacing. As weird as it sounds, like I didn't even realize it was that long of a film. Yep. 
Doesn't feel like it. I've watched it twice now, and it does not feel like I have spent four hours of my life watching that movie. Nope. Not one bit. It is wild. So, four, five nights at Freddy's, do we want to give it a pass, rent, or buy? Or in this case, a pass, theater, or stream. (laughs) (laughs) Just watch the the movie. Just watch the fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. Don't skip it. Don't skip this. If you have... All right, look. If you have the funds and the capability of going to the movies and supporting this movie, go for it. If it's going to stress you and it's going to fuck with your financials for the week, the month, the day, get Peacock. Peacock is a national service in the United States. I think they have it in some other countries. Just get Peacock. Watch it on there if it's going to stress you out. Don't skip the movie, though. Yeah. It's definitely worth your time. Um, do you have anything you want to say? Do you have anything you want to say about Five Nights? Because I, I, I figured you'd want to say something. That shit's a 10. That shit's a 10. There we go. Do you have something you want to say? No, I just really enjoyed the movie. It was a 10 for me as well. All right. So four out of four here. Everybody's saying go fucking see that movie oh, or yeah. sit at your home and pop multiple bags of popcorn like we did. Yeah. The List of Doom. Each episode, we pick a theme to go along with the rest of the show. It's a top five list of movies, characters, events, music, or anything in between. Chip, you know what? You just made the list! Oh no! Oh, here we go. (laughs) Welcome to the List of Doom. Yeah. The fucking List of Doom. This one was hard this week. Yeah. Okay. We got to talk about... Banana Splits, we got to talk about Willy's Wonderland, we got to talk about Five Nights at Freddy's, and now we have to go with the theme of robotic, possessed, you know. So, I've got five and one honorable mention. Okay. Uh, The honorable mention is Christine. Okay. The possessed car. Mm Mm-hmm. Because even though it wasn't a great movie, it was okay. So... Honorable mention. Do you have any honorable mentions? I do not. Okay. Um, it's not to say that this this isn't going to be a cool list. Yeah. It's just really difficult, and I think both of us took a couple liberties as much as we could on these to make them... I'm pretty sure these are the only ones that I would, like, know. So this okay. is, like, literally okay. five films that are, fit this category. Gotcha. <laughs> so. Okay, so what's your? Oh, and we also do a tribute to Chills. We hate him, not actually him, just his voice, and we know it's fake. But anyway, what's your number five? So my number five is The Mangler from 1995. Oh wow! Stephen King short story, Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper directed, yeah. It's a washing machine. <laughs> it's an evil washing machine. Yeah. So. <laughs> number five for me. Number five is. Chopping Mall from 1986. It is killer robots in a mall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, okay. It's basically the best way to say it. They they try to escape, and there you go. What's your number four? My number four is uh, Rubber from 2010, which is about an evil tire. Yeah, fucking Rubber. That movie is... That's a class of its own. Um... Number four, Maximum Overdrive from 1986. I don't know that one. 
uh, comet came to Earth and made all the Earth's machines go fucking crazy and possessed. Oh, and there's like a killing vending machine. There's all sorts of stuff in that fucking movie. And the truck has Green Goblin's face on it. I think I know what you're talking about. Now. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know if you ever seen. It's one of those movies it where you really familiar, where you though. where you see it where you see the Green Goblin truck and you're like, man, Green Goblin's on a truck. That's weird. But then it's like nobody ever watches the movie to find out what yeah. the fuck the Green Goblin I think, is. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. Awesome. Good because it's not a very like big movie. So, what's your number three? My number three is Poltergeist. From 1982 with TV. TV. So. Okay. My number three, number three, is The Mangler from 1995. Oh, well, there you go. That's a fucking washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper. <laughs> What's your number two? My number two is Christine from 1983. Nice. You know why it's it's high on my list? Not because of like that film itself. It's because Futurama did a spoof of it with right. Bender was the car. Yes. So yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. Um, my number two is 2001: A Space Odyssey from 1968. Where are you going, Dave? That motherfucker went crazy and uh, inspired yep. Portal. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway. What's your number one? My number one is 2001 A Space Odyssey. Nice. All I thought, I thought of Hal immediately. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Do, how can you, how can you not think of Hal? Which Futurama also, also did an did. episode of. So, okay. Yeah. So my number one, my number one is The Terminator from 1984. See, I was going to put that, <laughs> but because I was going to go with Terminator 2. Because you know how we've always talked about uh, how Terminator 2 could be Sorry, considered a horror film. Well, Terminator itself sure. is a horror movie, like the first one. Yeah. The second one builds off the first one, I guess you could say, with true, the dystopian true. future and all yeah. that. And the first one, they do have kind of like body horror and yep. all that type of shit with the fucking eye yep. and the arm and everything. Yeah. So uh, so I understand. Yeah, completely. I was yeah. gonna I was gonna put that too. Yeah, it was a hard list this week. It was hard, but again, that didn't mean that it wasn't fun. It was just we were we we had to kind of we had to think on this one. We had to think on yeah. this one. Yeah, yeah, um, one thousand percent. So I liked your list. Yours as well. High five. Woo! Yeah, let's roll it into the final segment, shall oh, we? Yes. Yeah. But I don't feel like smiling. Horrors of gaming. Each episode, we pick a theme to go along with the rest of the show. It can be a list dissection or a game that stands out for us to discuss. It's only now that I understand the depth of the depravity of this creature, this monster that I unwillingly helped to create. As if what he had already done wasn't enough, he found a new way to desecrate, to humiliate, to destroy. As if the suffering wasn't enough, the loss of innocence, the loss of everything to so many people. Small souls trapped in prisons of my making, now set to new purpose, and used in ways I never thought imaginable. He lured them all back, back to a familiar place, back with familiar tricks. He brought them all together. Are they still aware? I hope not. It keeps me awake at night. I could make myself sleep. But not yet. Not until I undo what he has done and heal this wound. A wound first inflicted on me, but then one that I let bleed out to cause all of this. 
together in one place. And welcome to the Haws of Gaming, the gaming portion of our show, and the final segment of our show. <laughs> Anywho, today we're talking about Five Nights at Freddy's. Wow, who would have seen that coming? <laughs> um, I didn't want to do any crazy, like, fucking thing today. Yeah, I didn't want to type up some big-ass article. There's just too much to talk about, and I figured why not just enjoy the, yeah. the game. You know enjoy I mean? the game, enjoy the, the, the weekend, right. enjoy all of it. Um, I have, I think I have a different take on Five Nights of course. at Freddy's than you do, because I never played the games. Right. My kids played the games. Yeah. I didn't I didn't necessarily grow up with Five Nights Same. at Freddy's, but I've had people around me that yeah. grew up with Five Nights at Freddy's. I remember fucking getting both of them Five Nights at Freddy's shirts airbrushed by my friend Superman, whose name is Anthony. Mm-hmm. Dude, like it's been a long time coming and it all started with a little fucking mobile game. Yep. That nobody uh, nobody nobody could see coming to take everything by storm. I remember when the first Five Nights at Freddy's came out. It was just like that random like horror game no one knew about thrown up on different YouTube yep. channels. People would play it, and it was scary. And yep. then somehow out of nowhere, it was just like, and now they're bringing out the next one. And it was only, I remember only a couple months later, yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's 2 came out. Yep. And, and then, then it just kept going. And then game theory started yep. and all that kind of stuff. And then Markiplier and all that shit. Like, there was so much that got Five Nights off the ground. Yeah. And it really does suck that Markiplier couldn't be in the movie. Because I feel like they've kind of got, like, a symbiotic relationship with each other. Yeah. Markiplier got popular because of his FNAF reaction <laughs> videos. FNAF got popular because of Markiplier's reaction videos. Like, they're both one and the same. And I know that there's also, like, FGTV was supposed to be in the movie or whatever, and they're big players of the game. I don't fucking like them, whatever. I don't even know who that is. Right, (laughs) right, exactly. Um, I think that Five Nights at Freddy's is just one of those games that changed the trajectory of horror games. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because when Five Nights came out, there wasn't any real horror movie games kind of like in the market. Especially not that style. No. You know what I mean? Like no. you still had your Resident Evils and stuff like that, but definitely right. not that style of like horror game at all. No. Not one not one bit actually. And I think it was cool because I got to see my oldest like really go into it and get scared and do all the crazy stuff and da 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 foxy when the screen comes up and he runs at the screen and all that shit like to me i see five nights as as i explained it earlier in the episode my kids are super fucking happy with this like with the movie with the games with everything that's really what matters the people that grew up with it just like when when it comes to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for me, I don't care that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles changes over time right. and this and that. I just want it to be done correctly for the next generation. Right. That's all I care about. And same thing with Five Nights. Everybody's attacking the movie because of the lore. The lore in the video game 
gets retconned every fucking video game. They they have a bunch of books. There's like 30 fucking books. There's all sorts of shit. And it all gets retconned after it's talked about. From Scott Cawthon. I was going to say, again, the Game Theory channel. Yeah. They've been covering the games for over 10 years now. And they even say things change all the time. And they have to go back and this and that. Because more things. Scott comes up with more things to do and more things for here. It's like Akira Toriyama. Yep. Akira Toriyama literally forgets very crucial things about Dragon Ball. Yep. And then goes on and thinks of something kind of similar and then yep. retcons it. Like we're getting Dragon Ball Daima. Yep. That's literally just GT. Reimagined. That's like sister location. It was Five Nights at Freddy's. Yep. Reimagined. Yep. Like, <laughs> so this game series has been ridiculously popular for a long time the movies have been trying to come out for a long time and they finally got it right where do you see the next five nights game coming out at because i think they just did most wanted two or something like that right for the vr2 i guess um but do you think that it's going to kind of go back to its roots ever again and be like a dollar 99 mobile game no hell or no. do you think nah. that it's like gonna be 50 dollars and more no matter what yeah probably especially now since the movie is doing so well yeah you know what i mean it's gonna yeah five minutes of Freddy's is gonna be around for a while and it's funny too if you think about it how many times has it been like oh this is the final five nights of Freddy's game oh my after god after this book you know the series is done after this and that it's done but I'm I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? It keeps horror going in the movie world, the video game world, all that kind of yep. stuff. So I'm I'm all for it. It was help wanted too, not most wanted too. My okay. bad. But yeah, no, I'm all for the shit too. Like I agree yeah. a thousand percent. Um How much do you see the lore changing? in the games now to match the movies do you think or do you think the movies still haven't revealed enough to say that it's going to change the lore of the video games yeah i'm gonna go with that it's just because it's it's the first film mm-hmm. you know what i mean i'm glad they didn't put a whole bunch of stuff from the games into it because then it, then everyone would have, would have just complained it was just all you know mashed together the movie yep. would have just had too much you know they, yep. they didn't leave enough for the next movie or some shit yep. like that so I get it. There's probably diehard fans out there that are furious, and which I get. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta respect it. You know, everyone has their own opinions on it, but mm-hmm. it's it does justice to this series, in yeah. my opinion, and, and yours. But yeah. well, and I don't in, speak for your opinion. But. Well, no, no, no. I, I definitely agree with it. We we just said it in horror club. Yeah, definitely. You're right. I think seeing if you go back and and you look at Freddy and Chica and all them and Foxy mm-hmm. and Bonnie on screen now. And you go back to the first Five Nights, those characters have pretty much remained unchanged. No. They're, excuse me, they've had future versions and oh, yeah. 80s versions and yep. all that stuff. But the actual core characters are still relatively unchanged. Yep. And that's pretty goddamn cool. Like, I was even shocked towards the end of, of the movie when uh, Matthew Lilla came out, like we said for the movie. Yeah. Spring Trap. I was yeah. like, holy shit, he's actually, they put him in the... Yeah. In the movie, wow. And then he said his lines. Yep. He said all I that always stuff. Come back. I always come back. He twitched. He was doing everything. Yep. He's in the corner and yep. he's gonna be back. Mm-hmm. He's he's half animatronic now. He's gonna be back. Yep. 
don't don't think that Afton's done. <laughs> um because he always comes back. I think that if people really go back and I don't know if Five Nights at Freddy's is available on I don't know, but you could definitely watch videos on it. Play stores or anything like that now. Um but yeah, you can watch videos because the game itself is not. I was saying, like, there's plenty of YouTube channels that have done Five Nights at Freddy's videos yeah. for fucking ever. So yeah, um, I'm actually looking real quick to see if there's anything here. And oh my god, there is Five Nights at Freddy's one, two, three, and four still available on the Play Store oh, for two ninety nine wow. each. Nice. So there you go. If you want to play Five Nights, Five Nights 2, 3, or 4, then go ahead and check that out. Wow. I didn't realize that. Huh. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So I guess with that being said, how do we feel about wrapping this one up? Yeah. You feel good where we're at? Yep. Good episode. Right. Hell yeah, good episode. We're going to be back next month. Yes. Not two and two. Not two and two. Um, but still, shout out to Chuck Woolery. Shout out to Chuck Woolery. And also, for those that asked about where HorrorTube was last weekend, because we actually did get people asking about that, the favorite horror franchise trivia episode, that's going to come up in maybe a week, maybe a week or two, so that way we can have something for our break right so that way we can, can we give something we can throw something out there yeah exactly um we again do this every year this is you know our our little break time yep. in between the holiday rush and in between everything so we do have other shows that are going to be coming we're not going to reveal anything today we're not doing anything okay. because it's going to be a while i will say though that our return is Slated for November 25th. I don't know if that's going to be a Horror Wars or a Horror Tube. But we'll figure that out when we get there. Yeah. So, for Horror Wars, I don't remember how we end. We usually do the the Chuck Woolery thing. Yeah, I know. We don't have... Yeah, I know. So, yeah. See you See you next month. Yeah, see you soon. See you in two and two weeks. That's four weeks. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Again, my name is Lamont, and I appreciate you sticking around for this ending message. You can find me at Vilcado on Instagram. Also, be sure to follow Horror Wars on all social media platforms, including TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, and everywhere in between. If you want to leave a horror question, comment, or say something about the show, please drop us an email at horrorwarspodcast at gmail.com. See you next time, and remember, keep it classy with a dash of slashy. To hear everything that happened on that date, we'll do it in two and two. Be right back.